Welcome to Archiving AK, a podcast of the Archives and Special Collections at the UAA APU Consortium Library in Anchorage, Alaska. We're here to talk about what we do, what our researchers are up to, and to give you a closer look at the world of archives. everyone, this is Gwen. We're bringing you this special episode of Archiving AK as an update on one of the projects that we discussed in an earlier episode. In part two of episode 17, Veronica discussed the Council on Library and Information Resources, or CLEAR, recordings at risk grant that she got to digitize some of our audio, video, and film related to public health in Alaska and the Circumpolar North. With that project almost complete, I sit down with Becky Butler, who we were so fortunate to have helping us work on this project, to discuss how the project went and some of the items that were digitized as part of the project. If we sound a little weird, it's because we're currently in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic And like pretty much everything else these days, we recorded this podcast over Zoom. Thank you for listening. Okay, so let's start by discussing our goals in the project. So I, and this is Gwen speaking, I served as the primary investigator on the grant. um, And that basically meant that I've been responsible for making sure that all of the work gets done correctly and all of the pieces of the grant come together. And the budget spreadsheet has been filled out correctly and getting the the pieces of our digital storage system infrastructure that we needed working um, so that we could comply with the requirements of the grant. Um, So my role has been largely kind of administrative and supervisory. Becky, what about you? I would describe my role as more quote-unquote post-production. So Veronica wrote the initial grant to digitize cassettes, uh, VHSs, um, reel-to-reel tapes that document public health um, issues in Alaska. Um, So my job comes in after all those things have been digitized by an outside company, and I'm the one that gets to spot review them. So I listen to them um, just to try to get an idea of what the contents of those items are because, you know, it may have been a year since they've been listened to. Um, So then I try to come up with some keywords that can tell people what those things contain. Um, I post appropriate things online. I add all information that I'm writing up, describing the items to our finding aids online. So even if it's not something that I put up on our YouTube channel, people will still know what exists in those collections. Okay, so um, what did you learn from this project? And that can be either about health and medicine in Alaska or about the process of doing a project like this. And I'll let you go first. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, first things first, this really helped me appreciate the time that digitization takes. Um, in archives, we hear a lot, um, you know, people want to know why we don't put photos up online right away or put up all the oral histories we may have right away. And the answer is, is because it takes a lot of time to make those things discoverable. You can fairly easily make things uh, or, or get them transitioned over to some sort of digital formats that people can access, but putting them in places that they can find them um, is a much different story. And it takes time to come up with those keywords, like I was saying, um, add citations to videos, that sort of thing. So it's given me a whole new appreciation for the work it takes to make uh, things go online. Um, it also helped me appreciate just how unique our healthcare system in Alaska is. Um, we do have a lot of special cases to deal with rural Alaskan health issues. Um, I got to listen to some meetings in St. Mary's about their medical needs uh, and the distance that they had to travel for normal health care, never mind emergency health care, was huge. This was back in the 70s, 80s or about. Um, so it, it, it showed me just how much work has been put into the public health system in Alaska in the past 40 years. Um, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of trial and error and they're still working out the best system to get healthcare where it's needed, but, um, it's, it's a lot of work that's already gone into it. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's, it's been really interesting to see how much work it takes to get or took to get people and some of these recordings, um, even just like basic healthcare, yeah. um, you know, having to fly from remote villages to um, the closest city or large town with a hospital. It just, it's, as somebody who's always lived in a city, just kind of amazing to, to see. I think for me, the, biggest learning experience on this project has been about project management and how many little pieces have to fit together um, to make the project go smoothly. Most of the time during my work in the archives is just me working a project. Um, so to have somebody else or several other people relying on my ability to coordinate their different pieces of the work um, has been kind of a different experience. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping it hasn't been a total disaster. Um, but no. <laughs> I'm going to say that um, definitively. Um, so, um, and the, the grant period ends on the 30th of, of this month of April. Uh, and we are on track to finish everything on time. So. That's a big deal. Congratulations, project <laughs> manager. <laughs> Thank you. Did you run into any unexpected obstacles in your work on this project? Um, how did you overcome them if you were able to do that? Yes. So um, I guess I should describe some of the collections I was working with. Um, for this project, like I said, it, they were all public health related collections that we were digitizing. Um, so that included things from doctors, 
um, from anthropologists and from the Alaska Federation of Natives. They, um, the Alaska Native Health Career Program that they established had a fair number of um, items that we digitized. So mm -hmm. part of my task when I was reviewing items was to try to identify culturally sensitive items. So things that may portray um, uh, traditional dances that may not be for public viewing, um, stories of traditional healings that may be sacred to certain peoples. Um, but as an outsider to most of those cultures, that was a little bit of a challenge because I, want, I don't want to overstep or make any assumptions. Um, so I decided to just be conservative and try to be as respectful as possible when I saw something that, you know, I wasn't sure about. Um, trying to make connections to, uh, you know, to find out if we even had culturally sensitive items. You know, once I identified them, trying to find someone who could tell me if it was sensitive. I think Gwen can speak to, you know, some of the challenges there. But I hope all those efforts are appreciated. Um, and it was definitely a new experience for me. Yeah, that that was kind of that was one of the challenges I faced as well. Um, trying to reach out to uh, some of the people who I thought might be able to provide guidance on whether certain materials should be put up on Alaska's digital archives and on YouTube was was challenging because it's not always obvious in some cases who that person would be um, and recognizing that a single person might not be able to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an entire group of people um, and so reaching out to those people and, and finding the right people to reach out to um, has been one of the biggest challenges of this project. Um, the people who I have reached out to and got responses from were very appreciative of the effort that we put into reaching out to them. And, you know, we learned some things about the recordings that we might not have known otherwise um, culturally. So yeah, that it's been it's been a challenge, but it's also been, I think, an important thing to do. Other obstacles, I mean, I think right now we're in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. In the thick of it. <laughs> It's been um, a bit of a challenge. Um, we still have a couple more things to finish um, with the grant, uh, mostly publicity for it, and figuring out how to do that while we're working from home <laughs> has been has been a bit of a challenge. But yeah, I can't really take my work home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, we're, we're working through it. And so thank goodness that we were already a little bit ahead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another obstacle, um, not really an obstacle, but a, a part of the project that um, I found challenging. When we got the grant, we knew that we would need to make some improvements in our 
digital storage system in order to accommodate the requirements of the grant. So one of the grant requirements is to provide checksums, checksum data along with the grant materials. And we had not yet worked out a good system for running periodic checksums. Um, yeah, yeah. If I can jump in, that's the checksums is definitely some another part of doing a digitization project that I hadn't quite appreciated how mm -hmm. time consuming that can be. So when you have a digital file, many of people will assume it's sort of it, it, it stays where it's put and it's fine as, until you need it again. And that's not true. There's actually a thing called data rot. Um, you can we've all had that experience where you click on a file and it tells you it's corrupted. Yeah. Um, if that happens to your archival copy that's no good. So checksums are a way to test the quality of the file um, and make sure that you're not getting any of that degradation. So you have to have a baseline so you know what it is when the file was good so that as soon as you run the next checksum, which you should do, you should do them periodically, the next time you do it, it, you can immediately know if there's a difference. And that takes a lot of time to set up. It does. It, does. It's, it took more time than I had really expected to run checksums on the individual files or the, the folders that the files were in, and then to set up the checksums to run periodically to test those files. Um, yeah. I think after a lot of trial and error, we have a pretty good system set up. Um, yeah, it, did, it took a lot more time than I was expecting. And processing time, like even once we get, the, well, mostly you, <laughs> got the system set up, it just took the computer t a lot of time to think about yeah. it and to work through all the checksums, so. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize how long, because um, I have the sort of quarterly checksums set up to run in batches, and each batch is taking like, two days, two whole days to run checksums. Oh boy. That batch, depending on how many files and how large the files are in the batch of folders. So it's, it's pretty time consuming. Um, it wasn't really an obstacle, but more of a fun fact. I was listening to some meetings by one of the, uh, I believe he was the president of the International Symposium of Circumpolar Health. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had an earthquake during their meeting. So we have wow. an earthquake in Alaska captured on tape, um, so which cool. was a fun fact. Um, and it's, they were also in an office that my dad had happened to work in. So I had, it was such a weird, um, moment of history entering into my own life combined with this weird moment. That's so Alaskan. I get, mm -hmm. um, to capture the uh, earthquake. I don't know. It was just a fun, fun treat for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's super interesting, um, the things that get captured on on these recordings. And what don't. I have, I, there were a couple meetings where the tape starts, well, I forgot to hit record when we started the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's difficult, man. <laughs> All right, so I guess let's just discuss um, what we hope that the project will contribute to the overall 
history of Alaska and what people will get from the project and maybe how we see these items being used in the future. Well, I personally hope it will inspire at least one person to really dig into some of the more recent public health history in Alaska. Um, there's so many sources that are now available that I don't think were 10, 20 years ago. Um, so I think it's well worth relooking at, seeing who was involved in all these important decisions. Um, Frederick Milan was, some of his items were digitized. Um, and he was actually an anthropologist and physiologist more than a physician, mm -hmm. but he was so critical in so many of the public health decisions that were made in Alaska in the 60s to the 80s. Um, he even hosted an international conference on circumpolar health in Alaska. Um, so I, I think it would be well worth re-listening to what he had to say because we have his own words in his voice captured for people to hear. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the, the tradition aspect. We have um, a fair number of recordings of Della Keats, who was an Inupiaq healer, um, it, explaining her, um, her techniques and sometimes speaking in Inupiaq. And I think that's um, a critical side that's to the public really health cool. story of Alaska. Yeah, I think yeah. that needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah, I hope people will, especially right now, since public health is such a big issue. Um, I hope that people will, you know, I hope some people do a research project on um, some aspects of public health in Alaska and use these recordings. You know, some of these recordings and the collections that they came from, I mean, they just came in within the last few years. Um, I'm thinking specifically about um, Dr. William Mills. Paper. Mm -hmm. And many of the recordings are from his collection. He was a frostbite and hypothermia researcher. His videos were gross to watch. <laughs> they were super <laughs> gross to watch. His collection is full of not just the videos, but uh, photographs and slides of frostbitten extremities and limbs and all sorts of things. You know, it might be cool to look at the history of treatment of these injuries that are at a higher risk for in Alaska, um, just because of the climate here. Yeah, I hope people get a, an overall greater understanding of public health in Alaska. So come use our materials. <laughs> <laughs> I worked very hard on them and did Gwen. <laughs> And many of them are online now, so you don't even need to come into the archives. Yes, on the UAA Archives um, YouTube channel. And Alaska's, <laughs> Alaska's Digital Archives as well. And there will be a link to a page with all of the metadata for the items all together so that people can see everything that was digitized under this grant and then go right to those items. Um, any last things you want to say about the project? I just want to say thank you, Gwen, for your persistence and your help in this project. I've never worked on something like this before, so I, it was a pleasure to get to work with you. And fun working with you, too. And yeah, it's just, it's been a really interesting experience um, overseeing this project and, you know, watching it all come together through Becky's hard work and the hard work of the people you know, we sent the items out to be digitized by a third party 
company and you know we've worked with them before but they were super quick in getting everything back to us and we really appreciate their hard work as well so thank you becky for thank you me on the podcast good luck getting through the pandemic (laughs) be safe and be well thank you all for listening and stay safe and healthy This project is supported by a grant from the Council on Library and Information Resources.